So I want to welcome everybody who's here and everybody watching online. My name is Sean Huddy. I'm the manager for strategic partnerships with Sirius. Thanks again for tuning in. And our speaker today is Dr. Wen Masters. She's a science and technology leader and strategist with a 30 plus career in government, academia, research and development, and non-for-profit organizations. She leads impactful science and technology research and development. Currently, Dr. Masters is the VP for Cyber Technologies at the MITRE Corporation, a not-for-profit organization that manages a federally six federally funded research and development centers with a mission to solve problems for a safer world. Dr. Masters drives MITRE's strategic strategy. She champions for MITRE's cyber capabilities and oversees MITRE's innovation centers with a team of 1,200 professionals, addressing the nation's toughest cyber challenges to deliver solutions for sponsors and the public. Before joining MITRE, Dr. Masters was the Deputy Director of Research at Georgia Tech Research Institute, involved in data science, communications, computational science, quantum information science, and more. And Dr. Masters will give her talk today on cyber risk analysis for critical infrastructure. And I will hand it over to you. Thank you so much. Turn that off or I can use this. Thank you so much, Sean. Um, first of all, I would like to thank uh, Sirius uh, for this opportunity. And I'm really thrilled to be here to talk with you about a recent development uh, at MITRE focused on uh, cyber risk analysis uh, for critical infrastructure. So Sean had already mentioned that uh, uh, MITRE is a not-for-profit uh, organization that manages the six federally funded uh, research and development center. Um, so I will also add that uh, um, a part of MITRE uh, is uh, MITRE Labs, and MITRE Labs functions as the research and development engine uh, for MITRE. And we also manage a, an independent research program there. Um, and uh, here's some quick stats. Um, MITRE has more than 60 years of uh, uh, history, uh, solving tough problems uh, for a safer world. Uh, started with uh, uh, solving national security uh, challenges. And now we branched out uh, to support health, to support enterprise uh, modernization, uh, and to su support homeland security uh, and uh, uh, um, aviation uh, and transportation uh, and, and more. Um, so uh, more than 9,000 employees, um, 65 plus locations worldwide, and many patterns. Uh, we, we are, uh, our forte is really applying systems thinking to solve complex uh, problems uh, for the well-beings of uh, the citizens and then for the safety, stability, uh, of our nation. I had alluded to that I was going to talk about the work that's uh, recently developed uh, at MITRE Labs uh, focused on 
um, doing cyber risk analysis for critical infrastructure. So I like to give uh, uh, acknowledgement uh, to the team at MITRE that did this work. Um, first of all is the, uh, uh, we call it infrastructure susceptibility analysis team. And that team is led by Sarah Freeman and Mark Bristol. And we also have the MITRE attack for ICS team, uh, whose work is an integral part of this. Um, that team is led by Jake Steele. And also MITRE Caldera for OT team. And that team is led by Misha uh, um, Belial and Blaine Jeffries. So for completeness, I like to actually quickly mention um, what is considered to be critical infrastructure, or rather, what are the critical infrastructure sectors? Defined by CISA, there are 16 of those sectors, uh, including power and energy, um, manufacturing, communications, chemical, uh, information technologies, health, uh, financial, of course, food and agriculture, um, uh, emergency services, um, water and wastewater, um, and transportation systems, as well as the nuclear uh, reactors, including materials and waste. And of course, there are also the uh, government facilities, as well as commercial uh, facilities. So as you can see, those are critical infrastructures, right? Underpins our daily life and also underpins our national safety, security, and economic development. So why are we working on cyber risk analysis for critical infrastructure. In fact, about two years ago, MITRE stood up a dedicated innovation center focused on protection of critical infrastructures from cyber threats. So here I plotted out a timeline of selected uh, attacks, cyber attacks on critical infrastructures. Um, if you are familiar with them, uh, you can see they are all targeting at different um, um, sectors and with uh, different objectives, using different technologies. And the frequency of that is increasing, including nation state actors attacking critical infrastructures. In fact, if you look at 2015, the Ukraine black energy attack, that was attacked by Russia, uh, state-sponsored the, the uh, actors. And it was actually used as a warfare uh, activity, right? One nation against another, it was first 
publicly known successful cyber attack against a, a country's power grid. And in two, between 2011 and 2013, the gas pipeline uh, intrusion campaign was conducted by Chinese state actors, targeted 23 US gas operators, and with 13 confirmed compromises and three near uh, misses and seven in various uh, different stages of uh, uh, intrusion depth. And so the 2017, the Triton uh, attack is really attacking the industrial safety systems. So many of these other attacks are focused on uh, 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 SCADA systems, right? PLC, for example, such as the 2010 uh, Stuxnet attack and some of the other subsequent attacks. And so we can really see the sophistication of those threats. And, and of course, we can also infer um, their objectives. So at MITRE, we believe cyber physical systems security is an interdisciplinary team sport. It really should be three important aspects or important uh, 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 teams from different perspectives working together, incorporating or integrating threat intelligence engineering knowledge and cybersecurity expertise together. In the recent decade, in fact, the cybersecurity and engineering uh, domains have matured substantially and, and really working hand in hand to look at various uh, means and technologies uh, to realize uh, uh, cyber resiliency for those critical infrastructure. Threat intelligence, on the other hand, um, remains a significant challenge. But in order to understand the threat posted or the risk posted by cyber threats, um, Intelligence, threat intelligence is a very important component, both from post-modem type of analysis, for example, a lot of already observed um, TTPs, and as well as some uh, anticipated uh, um, potential uh, intentions and objectives in order for us, the defenders, to prepare, do the preparatory analysis to prepare our infrastructure um, so that we can continue to function uh, during attack. Okay, so as I said, um, the uh, threat intelligence piece remains to be um, a challenging problem. 
So what we set out to do is to work to improve that particular piece. So first of all, what is the cyber risk, right? Uh, how do we understand cyber risk? Uh, what are the relevant factors? I think most of us uh, are familiar with the basic risk concept. And uh, meaning the risk is really probability times impact. That's how uh, organizations have always been uh, using to determine risks. But when we talk about risks posed by cyber threats, there has to be a, a threat actor who is attacking um, your infrastructure or your network for the probability to be non-zero. Because if there is no threat actor, the probability of attack is zero. And once we realize that, so we say, okay, so apply that basic risk uh, concept into cyber domain, then we will look at risk as really a combination of a threat and impact. So now, since our focus is to improve the threat intelligence, cyber threat intelligence, in this particular case for protecting critical infrastructure. So we look at how we can uh, logically uh, decompose uh, the uh, cyber threat factors. So we looked at it as attackers' capabilities and the opportunities presented to those uh, actors. And of course, motivation, right? Some of the motivations might be just, uh, uh, you know, getting money, like a ransomware attack on um, Colonial Pipeline, for example, right? And, and some other similar attacks to some hospitals. But the Russian attack on Ukrainians' uh, uh, critical infrastructure, that motivation was very different, right? So the impact also would be very different. And then we thought more about opportunities. In particular, if we are looking at skillful uh, um, threat actors, both nation state as well as your regular hackers, right? The persistent determined adversary will eventually achieve success, right? So our focus then turned into capability, motivation, and impact. So that is the concept that we followed to develop the infrastructure susceptibility analysis. And as I mentioned earlier, um, CTI or cyber threat intelligence for critical infrastructure 
particularly applied to risk analysis in order to enable accurate decision making to address those risks needs to include other sources of intelligence as well, not just observed cyber uh, threat TTPs. And so we incorporate all source of threat intelligence. So now come to the uh, infrastructure susceptibility analysis. So we have um, four major areas um, um, in this analysis uh, framework. Um, identifying attacker capability, uh, defining attacker objectives, describing technology functions, and understand effects. So those are all very important earlier when I mentioned about you know the team sport. So you think about incorporating engineering knowledge and the, and the OT environment, specific OT environment, right? That's where your technology functions are, and that's where you have to understand the effect because the effect is a physical effect. Okay. So, so those are. Um, the major areas in our ISA, in the infrastructure susceptibility analysis framework. It is a semi-quantitative analysis uh, because some of those uh, um, analysis uh, don't necessarily have very high confidence. Um, so we have to apply some subjective kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, characterization on them. And this, uh, the outcome, of course, our goal is to identify the most likely attacks um, in addition to the most damaging attacks. And this is meant to be a systematic and repeatable process. And so it can be scalable to all different uh, uh, sectors. And so this is the four core analysis uh, area that I mentioned uh, uh, earlier, and this just adds a little bit more uh, details. But in an essence, uh, this really allows us to know ourselves better and know our adversaries better. So we can ask questions such as, what is critical to our process? What can we do without? Would we see an adversary in our system? Can we be resilient under attack, uh, active attack, right? And we can also ask questions about our adversaries, such as who would target us? What would their goals be um, with what capabilities? And what would they need to do? So this is just a little bit uh, more uh, uh, details on the four core areas uh, of ISA. Now, I'm going to say a few words about capability sophistication. Uh, 
I think for the uh, uh, cyber threat uh, intelligence analysts, uh, uh, if any one of you have done that, uh, we often hear reports that will say, uh, this attack is more sophisticated. They use sophisticated uh, toolkits and sophisticated attack. But rarely was there a concept to really qualify what do we mean uh, about sophistication. So we decompose that sophistication into uh, three domains. One is effect, the other one is access, and another one is targeting. So by effect, we mean weapons used by an adversary to conduct a cyber attack and the end effect of a campaign or incident. By access, we mean adversary tools, techniques, and methods to gain access to the technical target of a cyber attack. And by targeting, we're talking about tools and techniques leveraged by an adversary to gather the necessary information to support CNO. Uh, for those that are familiar with MITRE ATT&CK, uh, we also have MITRE ATT&CK specifically for ICS. And uh, some of those uh, um, artifacts that I mentioned can be mapped to MITRE ATT&CK. Um, which gives you a means of characterize um, how the threats are behaving and how we can uh, design our defensive measures. Okay, so the infrastructure susceptibility analysis uh, process consists of uh, four steps. Um, the first one is to identify existing capabilities. And the second one is uh, define attacker objectives. And the third is to describe uh, technology functions. And the fourth step is understand effect. So to identify existing capabilities, we review past incidents and attacks for tools and other TTPs. And key questions we ask here are, what technical effects capabilities have been demonstrated against the real world victims as part of a past attack or domain? What vulnerabilities are leveraged by the attackers? What was the result of these access campaigns or attacks? And as I mentioned earlier, uh, when I was talking about sophistication, that many of the artifacts can be mapped to MITRE ATT&CK for ICS. And in fact, uh, it can, those, they can also be mapped to a similar CTI model, such as the SANS uh, ICS kill chain. So you can use all of those models. Now, in the second step to define attacker objectives, 
So this is where all source intelligence comes to play. We review um, all available intelligence or other indicators, right, that may identify or illuminate uh, programmatic goals. And we ask questions such as, are actors pursuing capabilities against a given sector or technology? In what sector is the equipment commonly deployed or in what country, regions, or companies, right, is the equipment commonly deployed? Um, because if we know all of that and we can see a particular technology they use to attack us, then we have an understanding of which sectors might all be uh, or could be affected. And the third step is to describe technology functions. This is about understanding our engineering uh, design and our critical infrastructure systems functionality and our mission. And what's critical to us, what we must protect and what we can actually do without type of thing, right? And so, so questions such as what is the engineered purpose uh, for a given cyber physical system. Right? Um, how is it designed, deployed, commissioned, and maintained throughout its life cycle? Now, that question is actually very important, and particularly if we uh, factor into all the supply chain issues. And who are the key players or organizations uh, throughout a CPS life cycle? Right? Um, and what are the necessary technical targets uh, for uh, an attack, given a desired outcome? Um, finally, uh, the fourth step is to understand effect. And this is really for us to define outcome, uh, given a system failure or loss of availability. Okay, so key questions here we ask are, what technology failures have occurred in the past? What was the result of those technology failures? What was the cost and process of recovery from those technology failures? Uh, it's also a very important lesson learned, right? That can inform us in terms of uh, how to design our systems better, improve various designs, make it more resilient, and what system or business interdependencies exist. And those could be vulnerabilities, right, um, to be either uh, mitigated uh, or, you know, they will be attacked, right? Okay, so a few words about, you know, in order to do our infrastructure susceptibility analysis, uh, as I mentioned about, uh, going through, going over the process and all that, um, we have to leverage uh, intelligence uh, with good understanding of confidence level for this to be somewhat uh, a quasi-quantitative, uh, uh, to come to a quasi-quantitative risk kind of understanding. Uh, and, and then make decisions accordingly, right? And so known TTPs and leverage the CVEs, uh, those are high confidence 
uh, intelligence. But uh, ease of exploitation or observed methods of other actors, those are typically much lower confidence levels. And in between, the high confidence and low confidence are things like uh, programmatic goals, motivations, um, procured materials, and training and research, etc. But all of these together, and with the right characterization of confidence level, gives us the understanding of likely attack path. I would like to also mention uh, MITRE Caldera for OT. If you, my previous slides mentioned about all of those potential information that is needed to arrive at a most likely attack path. MITRE Caldera is an open source uh, um, resources on GitHub. Um, and it is an emulation tool that emulates adversary uh, actions uh, in OT environment. In September this year, we released uh, Caldera for OT jointly with uh, CISA. And that allows us, allows the defenders and designers to emulate uh, how, what might be the potential attack uh, means and path in our system. Um, so gave it a try. Um, it's, it's open source. Okay. That brings me to our conclusion. So to summarize, infrastructure susceptibility analysis is a focused analytic approach designed to identify the where and how uh, attackers are likely to target our OT environments. And our future research and development focus on this uh, it concerns uh, calculating defender gains uh, via specific system, procedural, and architecture modifications. And of course, our overall goal is to improve organization's ability to employ intelligence and threat information coupled with engineering uh, knowledge of their OT environment for efficient risk reduction and effective security gains. With that, I'll open up for questions. Um, attendees, you, you can put your questions in the uh, Q&A area of the Zoom.
Okay, we have one question here from Solomon. Uh, so what are the most common attacks seen by MITRE? Common attacks seen at MITRE? Well, I would say all kinds, all, all spectrum. Okay, and we have another question from uh, Rahul. With increased automation of homes and workplaces, is ISA really equipped to predict all future possible risk and attacks? Of course, no tool uh, can do that, right? And, and we developed ISA with a specific goal in, in mind, that is to really help the critical infrastructure sectors. And in particular, think about most of the uh, critical infrastructure um, um, are operated and owned by private sectors. And uh, there is always the resource prioritization decisions uh, by those uh, organizations to decide where they will put their mitigation uh, measures uh, and uh, what to spend money on, right? Um, and so if we can help those organizations appreciate how susceptible their systems are for cyber threats, and then we can enable them to make a better resource decisions. Great, we have another one. Uh, this one's from Courtney. Has your research fed back into MITRE attack frameworks to address gaps in their coverage? Yes. Yeah, we work together as a team, um, you know, uh, feed, feed our knowledge and insight and lessons learned uh, uh, with all the teams. Another question, this one's from Nicholas. What are some of the quasi-quantitative metrics being used to assess likelihood of specific uh, OT attacks? So it's typically a scoring uh, uh, mechanism uh, when we understand, uh, it, of course, you first have to decompose uh, each uh, system itself. And as I mentioned, there were several uh, uh, particular aspects of things, right? And then we score them uh, against uh, various uh, uh, um, uh, artifacts and effect, uh, effects. Um, and then uh, it's a probabilistic uh, uh, measure uh, weighted, um, and we come to that uh, relative scores. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you mentioned looking at. So I'm sorry, there, there are microphones on the Okay. Um, so you mentioned looking at past attacks um, to help um, identify like existing capabilities. Um, where you mentioned CVEs for data, but is there any other data sources that you guys use to look at past yeah. attacks? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, reports out there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so just general reports, mm -hmm. not any specific? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Uh, we've got another one from online. Uh, this is a good one. So again, from Rahul, uh, it might be a silly question, but is it really wise to have open source tools like Caldera out in the open because it might give attackers an idea for designing their attacks? That's a great question. Um, I'm going to answer that by telling you a story. So when we developed MITRE ATT&CK, uh, that was 10 years ago. In fact, we just celebrated the 10th anniversary of MITRE ATT&CK. And initially, um, it was uh, just a government-sponsor-funded work, and uh, results was delivered to government-sponsor. And then we had this debate in, in MITRE. Uh, well, should we make this capability this, as a resource to the public? What are the pros and cons? And of course, if we make it a public domain resource, the attackers will see it as well, right? But in the end, we believe it's much better. It will benefit all the defenders. What is, what's better than help raising um, the sophistication of all the defenders, right? And because we have to be fighting against cyber uh, attackers together. And so I think 10 years later, uh, we see that was the right thing to do. So same thing with Caldera, because we want to help everybody. Yeah, there will be bad guys, uh, uh, um, you know, take advantage of uh, various technologies, uh, but that's not new. That happens all the time. Okay, great. I don't see any more questions, but uh, thanks again, Dr. Masters. Really appreciate you coming to Purdue and visiting with us. Uh, you're always welcome to, to, to come visit. Thank you. I had a blast uh, talking with uh, various uh, uh, professors and students here, learning about their work. Uh, so it's absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for having me.